If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Mark, chapter number 8, I want to begin reading in the 14th verse. I want to preach from verses 14 through 21 this evening, Lord willing. I'll ask you if you will please stand to your feet as we begin to read the scriptures in the book of Mark, chapter 8 and verse number 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? From these verses tonight, I want to preach on this thought, a solemn warning. Father, would you help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth with the Holy Spirit being our instructor and our God. Lord, I pray that you would take these verses and open them to our understanding and make application to our present day lives. God, would you be pleased to help us to preach in the power and demonstration of the Spirit and would you be pleased to speak to our hearts. Help us from this passage, Lord. One more time we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I begin to just think about the results that just one person could have, and I looked at it, begin with, in a negative sense. In 1348, one man spread the bubonic plague in Great Britain. In five years, over 20 million people died in Europe from what they call Black Death. In 1520, one man brought smallpox into Mexico and 3.5 million deaths resulted. Preacher Darren, we want to hear about positive things, positive influence of one person. Jesus here is saying, take heed to beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Leaven is not a positive influence. Jesus is saying that leaven represents an evil influence. And we must be aware of the evil influences around our lives at this point tonight. Jesus is warning of the dangers of having the Pharisees' attitudes and living up to the Pharisees' doctrine and their false teaching and their worldliness. And uh, 
just want to say this, a little evil spreads a long way pretty quick. My daddy taught me this. He said, son, bad news about you will beat you home. Amen. Well, look at this passage. We're going to say a couple things tonight. These will all start with the letter C. First of all, I want us to see the circumstances of this passage. If you look back at verse 10, uh, Jesus has just fed the 4,000 similarly as he's fed the 5,000. And we know that Jesus is the bread of life, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles and, of course, to the whole world. And the Bible says in verse 10 that he leaves that area and he sails across the sea and he arrives in a place called Dalmanutha, which is near Magdala, where Mary Magdalene is from. And when he gets there, the Pharisees and a group of Sadducees, Matthew tells us, met Jesus to confront him and to contend with him. And he had already just left them previously of the greatest confrontation he had ever faced. And now he's come back right immediately. And the Bible says that they met him and they began to seek a sign from him from heaven. They were critical of him. They were demanding of him. Jesus said there's no sign going to be given to this generation. Matthew's gospel says, save the sign of Jonah the prophet, which is that just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will Jesus be three days and three nights uh, in the heart of the earth. The Bible says in verse 13 that that crowd that rejected Jesus, the Bible says that he left them and entering into the ship, again, departed to the other side. So Jesus left these Pharisees and these Jews that have rejected him in fixed spiritual darkness. He, he left them. He, he departed. He, he sailed away. I, he's saying, I've done all I'm going to do here. I'm not coming back to this place. Uh, I'm leaving you deliberately. I'm turning my back on you in judgment. I'm abandoning, I'm abandoning you to your choice. My, my. The Lord did say that my spirit shall not always strive with man. And now the disciples, they get in the boat with Jesus, the ship, and they sail back across the Sea of Galilee. They know they're going to a desolate area. And the Bible says in verse 14, here's our circumstances, that the disciples have forgotten to take bread. You see, the disciples should have been concerned about the Pharisees and the Jews' rejection of Jesus. That should have been a burden to their heart. But that's not concerned them. They're more concerned about lunch than they are about those that have rejected Jesus. And if you ain't careful as a church, you'll be more concerned about what's going on in the fellowship hall than you are what's going on in the altars and the pews of your church. We need to be concerned about the souls of men and not concerned about their supper. The Lord will provide supper. We need to make sure that they hear the gospel and that they get saved. Amen? You see, the, Jesus, the Lord Jesus cares for spiritual matters and the disciples are concerned about physical matters. And may I just say tonight, that as I've studied for this message, that I've been under heavy conviction. I have went my way to God. I have repented and repented. And even now, when I'm preaching this message, I think sometimes 
We are more concerned about supper and lunch and physical things than we are about spiritual things. Number two, I want us to see the counsel about the Pharisees. Verse 15, Jesus charged them. He's charging his disciples. He said, take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. He's, he says, take heed. That means watch out. He says, beware. A second warning. Be alert. Beware of the encroaching danger, the encroaching harm that is around you and surrounding you. Preacher Dan, leaven, what is that? Well, leaven is an agent that causes bread to rise. It could be yeast. It could be bacon soda. If you want to say that bacon soda, I don't know. That's an argument you might have with yourself later. But one time years ago, I took uh, our communion table here in Sunday morning service. I had Miss Gina come up and put a little leaven in a lump of dough that she was kneading out while I was preaching. And when she, when I, when I figured out that leaven was a bad thing, I looked over and I said, wait, wait, wait. Don't put that leaven in it. That's a bad thing. And she said, well, I've already put it in there. So we'll just get it back out. But the problem is, amen, as we've discovered, that when you put a little leaven in, it leavens a whole lump. So I said, well, let's just leave it sitting here while I finish the message and we'll come back tonight and see what happens. So we'll finish the message that morning. And when we come back for the Sunday night service, the leaven had leavened that dough so much that it came up out of the pan and went across the communion table and it got in the carpet. Now the preacher got in trouble. I hadn't planned on it getting that out of hand, but that is what sin will do. You think you can handle it, but it'll get out on you and it'll be worse on you than you intended it to be. Amen? You see, leaven represents an evil influence. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now, what is the leaven of the Pharisees? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at, or I could go to a lot. I just want to turn to one, what Jesus said. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 1. What the Word of God says about the leaven of the Pharisees. This is Jesus' words. Luke 12, verse number 1. Man, I could preach all day right here about the leaven of the Pharisees. The Bible says in verse 1, in the meantime... When there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Jesus was very clear about what the leaven of the Pharisees is. They were hypocrites. They're pretending. They're play actors. They're, they're, they're putting on a show for the multitudes. Dear God, I hope that the ministry that the Lord has given us to the Bethel Baptist Church and this surrounding community is not for show and it's not a bunch of play acting and it's not a bunch of pretend. Let me say this to you. This is not tiddlywinks. This is not monopoly. This is not some game. This is heaven or hell. This is life or death. It's not some power struggle that we're trying to usurp authority over one another. We're trying to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be a pretend preacher. 
I don't want you to be a pretend Christian. I don't want you to be a pretend a church member. I want the salvation of Jesus. It's in my life to change me and to mean something and to make it count. Can I get a witness? These Pharisees, they possessed and they promoted uh, false righteousness. They were false teachers. They promoted false doctrine. I could go back to the book of Mark, back to chapter 8 to where we're at. Let's just turn back one chapter to chapter 7. And let's look in verse 13 at what the hypocrisy of the Pharisees leads to in Mark 7, 13. The Bible says that it's making the word of God of none effect through your tradition which you have delivered and many such things, many such like things do ye. See that? Making the word of God of none effect. Man, I'm hoping that when that preacher gets in the pulpit and he begins to furrow the rows out and preach the word of God, that it's making an impact for the glory of God, that it's feeding our soul and it's encouraging our hearts. We are not, we're not here so that our self-righteousness and everybody looking at me, 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 me is making the word of God of none effect. Man, the word of God needs to have a preeminence in our church. Jesus is an exalted name. God says, thou hast exalted thy word above thy name. So the word of God uh, this afternoon is very important. So Jesus is exposing the Pharisees' hypocrisy and their superficial reality. Well, preacher Darren, he mentioned the leaven of Herod. Well, we know what Herod did. He chopped off the head of John the Baptist because he didn't care for John the Baptist saying that you shouldn't have your brother's wife. And so uh, Herod's leaven would be that he promoted worldliness. Does our church promote worldliness? Unto God, I hope not. We need to have a standard, and that standard is the infallible, inspired, inerrant Word of God, and may it be lifted up. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like the flood, let God would lift up a standard against him. And I pray that tonight your standard and my standard are the same. It is the Word of God. May I say that the Pharisees, how they hated Jesus. They, they made false allegations against him. They, they spread lies about him. Uh, let's just go back. Matthew chapter 12. I wasn't going to read this, but I think I will. Matthew chapter 12, because I want you to see it. Matthew chapter 12. And in verse number 25, verse 24, look what the Pharisees said about our Savior. Look at their false accusations. Look at the lies they spread. Honey, if they told lies on Jesus, they'll tell lies on your pastor. They'll tell lies on your husband. They'll tell lies on your wife. They'll tell lies on your children. In the book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 24, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. You see that? 
the Pharisees said that Jesus, who had cast the demons out of a man, did it by the power of the devil himself. What a false accusation and what a lie to be spread. Now I want to tell you something tonight about their hypocrisy and this is their strategy. Will you hear me for a second? The strategy of a Pharisee and the strategy of an evildoer is to repeat a lie enough until eventually people will believe it. Preacher Darren, they surely didn't believe what they said. John chapter 7. Preacher Darren, too much turning. Oh, you need to study the scriptures. John chapter 7 and verse number 20. We know that the Pharisees are spreading the rumor mills, telling the lies that Jesus is casting out demons by the power of the devil. That Jesus is in league or in affiliation with the devil. Nothing could be further from the truth. But that's what the Pharisees said. In John 7, 20, the people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Where do you think they got that? They heard the Pharisees say it. They heard the Pharisees proclaim it. You're close. Look at chapter 8 of John, verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? They're saying he's born of fornication. You and I know he's born of a virgin. Amen. Verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know. Do you see that? Now we know. They heard it from the Pharisees. They started repeating it themselves. And then they said, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Did you see here that the lives of the Pharisees spread and they infected the people? We began the message talking about the bubonic plague, how it spread. Smallpox, how it spread. Nobody said amen, that was not good news. But I'm telling you, the lies they're telling spread. Like leaven all over the community. Now I'm telling you, it's hard work to keep myself clean, much less trying to make sure y'all are clean. I'm accountable for a lot of things. Jesus is their Messiah. John the Baptist was his forerunner. But the Jews have rejected the messenger, John the Baptist, and they killed him. And now they've rejected their Messiah, and they're going to crucify him. The kingdom of God has come to them. But because of their rejection, their criticism, their slander, and their lies, their kingdom is postponed. Now Jesus must prepare his disciples for what's coming. He's going to be crucified, buried, rise again, go back to heaven. The disciples will remain on earth. Are they prepared? Are these men prepared to stand against the wiles of the devil? Am I? Are you able to stand? Oh, dear Lord. He warns us in Mark 8 of, go back with me, 
he warns us in Mark 8 of the evil influence of religion, of the hypocrisy of Pharisees, of self-righteousness, of, of Herod and worldliness and corruption and greed. My, my, my. This crowd short-circuited the coming of the kingdom. And Jesus is warning the eyes of his disciples open before the influence of the Pharisees damages their witness and testimony as well. We've said, number one, the circumstances. Number two, the counsel the Lord gave us about the Pharisees. Very clearly, the Lord warns them of the danger of the leaven of the Pharisees. Number three, I want you to see the confusion of the preoccupied. The Bible says in verse 16, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. <laughs> These boys just don't get it, do they? And I'm afraid oftentimes I don't either. The disciples very clearly heard the words of their Lord warning them of the leaven of the Pharisees and they thought his warning was about bread. They think, well, Jesus is upset with us because we didn't buy our bread from the Pharisees. And now they're mad. Now he's mad at us. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to the Lord by night, a leader of the Jews. Under the disguise of darkness, he came. And the Lord told him that he must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't get it. He didn't understand. Can a man go back into his mother's womb a second time? He didn't understand at that point in time. He just didn't get it. May I say tonight that the here's our problem. It's very clear. We are more concerned about our physical cares and the worldly reality around us than our spirituality. And though our Lord spoke very clearly, they think it's on a physical level. They're not prepared to hear the warning from the Word of God. Jesus is warning, beware of the evil influences of this world. Beware of religious influences that may try to come amongst your church. Be careful of it. Youngest, there's evil influences all around us. I believe the Pharisees represent religious people who are inside the church trying to promote self-righteousness and look at me-ism and fill with unbelief. These Pharisees did not believe about Jesus. They're trying to say he has a devil. They never believed him. The Sadducees, I believe, represent the liberals of this world and the modernists that are out promoting a false gospel Preacher Darren, they're not, I'm telling you, I could take you to churches tonight or what they call churches. In fact, nowadays, they don't even call themselves churches. They're afraid to affiliate with anything, amen? And I'm telling you, they're promoting worldliness. And it's worrisome and troublesome. And it's promoting a false gospel because they're, 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 they're naming and claiming and, 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 and worried about healings and all. Listen, Jesus came, he's came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came for your soul. That's what's important to Jesus, amen. And so these disciples 
when they get a word from the Lord, they're confused because they're preoccupied with physical realms. And tonight I'm telling you, I've been so preoccupied at times with the HVAC messed up and this has happened and they got to pay this bill. And I'm telling you, man, God just warned me tonight about do not lose sense of why I called you and why I put you here and why I saved you. Don't lose what he's trying to do amongst us tonight. Amen. Fourthly, I look at verse 17, I see a clarification of the principle. The verse 17, when Jesus knew it, in other words, he knew, they said, oh, Jesus is mad at us because we forgot to take bread and we didn't buy it from the Pharisees. He's wanting us to take the leaven of the Pharisees. No, he's not. Oh, well, he's telling us, don't buy it from the Pharisees. We ought to buy it from another group of people. He's not upset at all about them not having bread. Honey, we've already seen his ability to feed people with bread. He fed 5,000 Jews, 4,000 Gentiles. Honey, he's able to provide supper. We ought not to be worried about that, amen. Jesus says to him, Why reason ye because we have no bread? <laughs> the Lord can supply us with what we need, amen. He said, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? The disciples, these men of God, if you will, they have failed to see the spiritual implications of the Lord's words. They're, the Lord is speaking on a spiritual level and they are hearing and seeing and thinking on a physical level. Oh man, how I went before him today and said, God, I do that. Oh, how many times do I do that when you're trying to warn me and I take it to a physical level. My, my, whoo. Do you understand that verse 18? Having eyes see ye not and having ears hear ye not and do ye not remember? Did you, I won't take the time, but did you know that with those two verses, he quoted three passages in the Old Testament and put his arms around them and wrapped them all together. If you're keeping score, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 9. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse number 21. Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse number 2. Those prophets wrote hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. And Jesus just put his arms around their very words and quoted those very words to these disciples and took these ancient words. If I hear all the time, if your Bible's out of date. He took these ancient words and applied it to where they were pr presently. He'd have to look them up. He was right there, amen. Preacher, give me those verses again. I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 6, 9. Jeremiah 5, 21. Ezekiel 12, 2. Preacher, let's take time to read them. Okay, you convince me. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. 
Verse number 9. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah writing 750 years plus before the birth of Christ. In Isaiah 6, 9. You know, the Lord was looking. He said, uh, who shall I send? Who is going to go for me? You remember what Isaiah said? He said, here am I. Send me. Look at verse 9. He said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Woo! You could read verse 10 about make the heart of this people fat. Man, I'm telling you. Look at Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 21. Jeremiah 5, verse 21. Jeremiah writing some 600 years before the birth of Christ. Jeremiah 5, 21. Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not, Fear ye not me. Boy, I could read on right there. Woo. Go to Ezekiel chapter 12, verse number 2. This is the one that really helped me. Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse number 2. Son of man, he's talking to the prophet. Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear. And hear not, for they are a rebellious house. The Lord just quoted in those, in Mark chapter 8, those three passages warning them about a people that would not see what was right before their eyes, would not hear what has just been said. Jesus just gave them a spiritual warning and they heard it on a physical level. I'm telling you, they were void of understanding. And I'm going to tell you what, the, here's the truth of the matter. Here's the crooks. They were doubting who Jesus is. Lord said, do you believe I can? Yes, sir. Do you believe I'm able? Absolutely. Do you believe I will? Yes, sir. That I will for you. I don't know. I believe he'll do it for John Jackson. I believe he'll do it for Brother, for brother Tony. I believe he'll do it for Brother Doug. But do I believe he'll do it for me? Hey, let's put, let's put you, let's switch, let's switch shoes. Do you believe he'll do it for the preacher? Oh, yeah, preacher. You go ahead. He'll do it for you. You believe he'll do it for, but will he do it for you? Well, I believe he can. I believe he's able. But will he? I don't know. That's up to him. Well, that's pretty good. But he needs a little more faith than that. To say, Lord, I believe you will. Man, that started convicting me and helping me all at the same time. Jesus said in verse 19, When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets? The word baskets is the word coffinos, which is where we get our word coffin. How many baskets full of fragments took you up? He's talking about when he fed the Jews there at Bethsaida with five loaves and two fishes. 
How many Cofinus baskets did you take up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven, he says, among four thousand, how many baskets? The word for baskets is the word spiderous, which means it's hamper size, like a picnic basket, a little bigger. How many baskets full of fragments? He's talking about when he fed the Gentiles of 4,000 men, not to mention the women and the children. Two separate things, even two separate words for baskets. He said, fellas, how many fragments did you take up? They said, seven. Verse 21. (laughs) He's helping me. He said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? (laughs) You know what he's trying to say? Don't doubt me now. I'm more than able <laughs> to meet your needs and the needs of everybody around you. I'm more than able to save the soul. I'm more than able to forgive the sinner. I'm more than able to supply your every need. I'm more than able to take care of you. I've got what it takes and then some. I can take care of every need. How is it that you don't understand my ability to care for you? Woo, glory to God. I believe our text is closing in verse 21 with a statement that I believe is revealing the disappointment of our Savior with his disciples at that moment. You see, because at this moment in their training, the disciples should have been more spiritually mature. Wow. Jesus, I believe, is amazed at their lack of understanding. That they are totally missing the point he's trying to make. I think I read here verses 17, 18, 19. Uh, he, he asked eight or nine questions. Look and see. Question after question after question that he asked in those verses. Again, his comments are not about physical bread. His comments are about truth, spiritual truth. He has power to, to give them bread, but he wants them to grow and mature in their faith. Here's our problem They are preoccupied and they exhibit a real lack of discernment in their life. They're wrestling and he wants them to know the truth. May may I say this? He's warning us about the dangers that surround us. And sometimes I, I think we're like my granddaughter. She's not aware of the dangers around her. At times, she, she doesn't see the sharp corners that she's about to run into. She, she doesn't see that somebody would just like to get her and take her away. She just trusts that mom and daddy's going to take care of her. You know what? We need to be like that. We need to be discerning of what's around us, but we also need to be trusting of our father to take care of every need. Uh, she's starting to take, she's starting to stand a little bit bouncing on her own. Man, that was pretty, she, she was surfing the other day. She was standing there. And I'm telling you, some of us, spiritually, we, we're trying to get our foot and try, trying to get our bearings. And, 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 ooh, ooh, and then there's times he, he gets us by the hands and, and he just walks with us. And we just, ooh, look at me, I'm walking with Jesus. Amen. What about Simon Peter? He said, you walk on the water, Peter. Get out of the boat. He got up. Hey, don't get out of the boat till the Lord bids you to. When he got out, but he started getting on his own, he started sinking. The Lord saved me. The Lord stretched forth his hand, lifted him back up. And I think somehow the Lord just walked him. <laughs> Held his hands till he got back to the boat. May I just say this and I'm done. This story, this facts, this, this message, this, these verses are very convicting to me because uh, I, I question how many times the Lord has spoken to me and I didn't understand. <laughs>
How many times has he conveyed the same truth to me time and time again? Proving himself faithful and mighty in my life. Yet I miss the lesson he's desiring to teach me. And I think it's because I'm too focused on my agenda, too, too focused on what I think needs to be done, and, 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 and I miss what the Lord's trying to convey. May I say this? <laughs> I think we all need to spend some time with the Lord with our eyes open and our ears ready to hear and our hearts ready to receive and listen what He has for us. I don't want to miss a word that my Savior has for me. Amen. You stand to your feet tonight. I believe this is a solemn warning that he's given us tonight. And I believe it would help us if we would but hear it. Might be somebody you want to come to the altar. I know I do. Father, tonight, as I bow in your presence, Lord, I'm unworthy. I'm undeserving of the least of thy tender mercies and especially of your grace. But yet, God, you thought you saw fit to send your son to die in my place. He was buried, made fun of, but he rose again. He's victorious tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for who my Savior is. Lord, since you've saved me, you've spoke to me many times. And yet, many times, God, I've failed to recognize the spiritual truth and the implications you are trying to convey to my life. And God, I'm so sorry. Lord, tonight, I want to hear from you more than anything, Lord. Lord, tonight, Lord, I want to do your will. Father, help us, God. Lord, we humble ourselves, with, we humble ourselves in your sight and say, God, Lord, we miss you a million miles. And God, here you are amongst us working. And God, we're too caught up in our spiritual and our physical realms to be any spiritual good. God, help us tonight, Lord. Would you open your word to us? Would you teach us, Father? God, would you help us then, Lord, to take what you give us and share it with others with an ability only you can grant that our people, Lord, that they might grow and mature in their faith and in their walk with you, and that, God, you would make them spiritual giants for the glory of God and make them become soul winners, God, and help them, God, to have wisdom and help them to have understanding about the, in, the eternal inheritance that you've provided for them. God, tonight we love you. Help us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name not to be so easily influenced by the leaven of the Pharisees and of this old world. And for this I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen.